severely messed Artists like their boots are torn to shreds The government will spoil your hopes and dreams By offering a useless retreat and scheme There's such amazing talent, why can't you see That the government has decimated the industry And now the years of hard work have been thrown away Just get a real job. Hello, I'm Jamie McKinley and welcome back to another episode of Just Get A Real Job podcast where we speak to emerging creatives and creatives alike from across the creative industries. Hope everyone's well. I cannot believe this is episode 94 of the podcast. That's crazy. Honestly, like, it's just, it's been nearly two years and been a lot of episodes, a lot of conversations. It's just, it's just mad. When I see the numbers, I'm like, what? 94. But yeah, anyway, thank you to everyone so much for continuing to listen. If you're a new listener to the podcast, welcome as well. Thank you for tuning in. We have another brilliant conversation in store for you today as I spoke to the frontman of Severez, Anthony Squires, and we had a really, really enjoyable conversation. We spoke about lots of things, including his life in early bands before Severez started, the EP they brought out, their music, playing live, what it's like to be a musician and work in a full-time job still. It was a really, really enjoyable conversation. I really enjoy their music. You know, it was just really nice to speak to someone as sound and as sort of down to earth as Anthony I really enjoyed it it was a lovely chat and I'm sure you're going to like it too as always as well if you haven't checked out our back catalogue we have 94 episodes as I mentioned at the start we also did three live shows this year at the Edinburgh Fringe which are now also available as episodes and among them if you're listening to Severez because you're a fan of Scottish music scene etc and we'd had lots of great Scottish musicians on this podcast including Matt Hickman of Brown Bear Jodie Findlay who is Sylvie and they were both actually part of Fringe Live Show we did a Scottish music live special we'd also had Zach from Dick on before we'd had the band Mosaics on before so we'd had lots of great conversations with some really talented musicians on this podcast so if you're interested in the sort of local Scottish music scene be sure to check them out as well and yeah the usual stuff as well leave us a review shares on social media all the normal stuff I sort of drone on about at the start of every episode and without much further ado here's episode 94 of Just Get A Real Job with Severez's Anthony Squires. Anthony, lovely to meet you. Thank you very much for coming on the podcast tonight. It's great to have you on Just Get A Real Job. You're, of course, in the band Severez, but I'll let you quickly sort of introduce yourself and, and a little quick bit about the band and we'll get into it. So I know there's more of you, of course. Cheers for, for having me on the, the show. I really appreciate it. Yeah, my name is Anthony. I'm the lead singer of Greenock and Arakar band Severez. I think the best way to describe us is funky soul pop, because I think it depends what song you're listening to. So we kind of kind of go with the funky soap up when it kind of covers all aspects. But yeah, we started out in, it would have been 2019. We kind of spent that year just trying to build the lineup together, you know, get the right combination of musicians together, kind of make a plan of what we want to do, kind of coming ahead. And yeah, spent the year putting the lineup together, getting tight, ready to go in 2020. And then COVID happened. So we've kind of been a band, yeah, since 2019, but only really been kind of out there for about a year now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was sort of the... A bit of a hard time to start a band, I imagine, just before the whole everything sort of locked up for two years. But yes. good and yeah, good in the sense you're getting to practice and sort of figure things out. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I think it was one of those things we thought this is either going to make us or break us as a band. But thankfully, it, it kind of pulled us closer together. We did things like this, you know, Zoom meetings and tried to stay in touch. And it was a bit kind of awkward at the start because we're like, maybe we're still trying to write songs. And we'd maybe say to the guitarist, "Can you play a a riff over Zoom?" But then there was like slight delays, so I'm trying to sing mm-hmm. over something. 
and it's sounding okay on my end, but they're going, nah, that's just, they're kind of overlapping here. So, yeah, it was difficult, but we pushed through it, and, uh, and thankfully, I think it's made us tighter as a band because of it. Well, that's class. That's class to hear. We normally kick off the podcast with sort of asking our guests about, like, sort of earliest creative memories or, like, their earliest sort of influences. So do you, were you, have you always played music? Were you playing music? As a, were you into music as a child? Were you sort of playing music when you were growing up and stuff? Yeah, so my earliest memories of music just in general, it would have been in the back of my mum's car, listening to the type of music that kind of most kids do that their parents listen to. My mum was writing to Meatloaf, Delamitri, Lionel Richie, Brian Adams. So that was the music that me and my brother Chris, who's our drummer in the band, that's the, the sort of tunes we grew up listening to. But as far as my kind of first creative memory, I must have been about 13, 14. Chris was sharing a room with me and he played drums. And I just thought, I, I kind of want to get involved with this. What can I do? And I didn't really think about singing at that time. So I ended up buying a, a starter bass guitar kit. I went for some lessons with a friend. And then I just remember me and my brother jamming in his room. It was probably horrendous, you know what I mean? But at the time, it just... To us, it sounded amazing. I think I could probably still remember some of the wee tunes now, but I think bass guitar lasted about a year for me, and then I kind of gave it up. But I would have been probably about 18 is when I started singing in public and just did the old karaoke and stuff like that, just to kind of get rid of the, the nerves and try and see what it's like singing in front of live people. Yeah, that's class. I'm, I'm assuming you're the, are you the front man of Severus then? Are you like the... Um, yes, yeah, so we've got myself, yeah. Anthony. I'm the lead singer. We have my brother Chris on drums. We have Stephen, who plays guitar and also does backing vocals. Our bass guitarist is called Callum, and we've got Graham, who plays keyboard and trumpet. Class, that's no, it's a really good like mix stuff. I just thought I'd double check that. I was like, I never actually asked before we started <laughs> recording, so just making sure it helps lead the questions and stuff. Yeah, yeah no, that's yeah, cool. That's, that's, that's what I did. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, am I, is it nice having a brother in the band? Very quickly, so I have to go before I ask my next. Is that quite a nice addition? I, I, I... I think so. I think maybe if you asked him, he may say something different, but <laughs> it's one of those ones we all, as a band, we seem to all be on the same wavelength, like when, when we're writing and, and what ideas we have for the band. And if anyone's going to clash in the band, it's usually me and Chris. <laughs> but yeah. I think because we're brothers, it never gets too heated and we just, we're, we're able to resolve it because we've had years of practice. <laughs> yeah, I imagine people probably chuck the Oasis comparison too often. I'm not going to even ask a question based on that because I imagine that probably be quite an annoying comparison. But have you ever had that one like level that you were asked that before? Not really, to be honest. I think yeah. just me and Chris are we're, we're quite similar. So mm. we got on really, really well as friends as well as brothers, you know what I mean? But yeah, no, we're all right together. That's quite nice, yeah. yeah, yeah. You're all but we're all good. I think it's quite common, actually. There's quite a lot of bands that have, like, siblings or cousins or brothers and stuff in it, which I think is lovely. It's cool. Sort of quite nice idea that you both have, like, had musical talent passed down to you as well. Yeah, well, to be honest, I think Chris is the reason that I got into music. He's my older brother, and I just seen him kind of playing music. I was just like, you know what, I want to do that. And I suppose in a, in a cheesy way, it was a, a way of me spending more time with him, you know what I mean? And maybe taking on an interest of his and trying to make it kind of our thing. And I've obviously taken that to the extreme now. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's class. And to sort of, you touched on being from Greenick. What was the other place you said, just in case you don't do it justice? Arica. So our base went Callum. He's from Arica. So yeah, I'm not quite sure where that is. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. Listen, I'm, I'm a fight. I'm a fight from the East Coast. Like, I've never actually been to Greenick before, but I know I, it's total West yeah, compared to me so but like the question's about like i love asking this one because it's an important part of people's identity and i'm sure it affects a lot of your songwriting in the band and stuff but how is sort of growing up in greenick and coming from that part of scotland how has that affected you personally as a musician in the band i imagine it's had like a quite a big influence on the sort of music you play and what sort of 
you know, your creative inspirations and all that. Yeah, so I think I the, the people in general of Greenock and Port Glasgow and Gurok, that they're, they're three obviously three different towns, but they make up the majority of Inverclyde along with some villages and there's no like big stretch of road in between them. It kinda just merges into the one place. So like the three towns in general, just the people from it definitely influence us. I think like a lot of Scotland, the sense of humour people have on the west coast for us you know i mean i know it's obviously a wee bit different depending on what part you're in but for us the the banter and that yeah i think that plays a part in our music because we take ourselves not too seriously we always take our music seriously but yeah we try to have a bit of a laugh in the music and some of the lyrics as well and on the recordings that we've got some of it's kind of made up stories but some of it's like true as if you ever listen to the lyrics they're a bit kind of mental on some of the songs and they're probably the ones that are actually more accurate. You know what I mean? They're actually true. So, yeah, it's a, it's a nice place. Like, I think it gets a bit of a bad rap, kind of, especially when I was growing up. It was a few years ago. I think it was ranked the most deprived area in Scotland. But, like, I think in a creative sense, it's definitely not deprived creatively. There's a great music scene in Inverclyde. There's some really, really talented musicians. I think those musicians and the town in general inspires us to kind of do something with our music to kind of make the, the, the town proud of us. You know what I mean? And, and get our music out to the world, but also say, you know what, we are from this town, Greenock. You know what I mean? And it's, it's not as bad as it's made out to be. <laughs> yeah, no, no, 100%. And that sort of idea of like, I mean, I think in Scotland there is like, doesn't seem to be quite a positive sort of music scene where everyone's really supportive and like quite keen to help each other, which is lovely to see. Like I know from, we had Geffer Geist on, we had Brown Bear on, of course, we had Dictator on who are doing incredible stuff at the moment. But like there seems, to, and they're all kind of from different places, some uh, West Lothian, obviously some in Edinburgh, some in Glasgow, etc. But like what's amazing about some of these guests is that they all seem to know each other and they're very supportive of each other. And on Twitter and things like that, whenever we put any episode to do with bands in Scotland on this podcast, like the buzz around it or the support and it seems very, very positive. So so have you and the, the band sort of felt that as well? Because there is quite, it does, it's quite inspiring to see actually. Yeah, definitely. I think it was actually your episode with Dictator when I was listening to that. Was it was it Zach? Was that the... Zach, yeah, the, the guitarist. Thank you yeah. very much for listening. I think he said on your episode, if any other bands out there want some kind of advice on anything, then obviously to drop a message. And I, and I just did that. <laughs> I dropped them a message and I asked them about uh, merchandise and where was the best place to get it because I, I was just running around in circles and I couldn't find out what, what website was worth actually going to and I just wanted to kind of speak to somebody that, that experienced using a particular website for merchandise and yeah they were really helpful they responded straight away with links and everything like that and when we've posted like a video or a new song on, on it I think it seems to be especially Twitter over kind of Instagram and Facebook Twitter everyone just kind of reshares it likes it comments and I think it's a good thing that we're kind of bigging each other up and enjoying each other's success which is i think is a really important thing 100 no it's class and i'm so glad that like you know you're able to take some for an episode because it's always lovely to hear that when you know you're making something in your room or whatever like i'm doing now and then like, someone says oh you know i there was i met i actually listened to it and i took this person's blah blah and I got, that's that's good to know that it's a on a practical level a good resource as well but it, it just it's also testament to, to zach and that band and like what the music scene in scotland actually like as well which it's always great to hear that when we do this yeah 100 percent. especially when he said that i thought well let's let's test out then i'll send you a message and see if you reply and they replied straight <laughs> yeah, away and they were really helpful yeah. so yeah they seem really, really nice people but i think yeah like i was saying twitter especially everyone just seems to be kind of bigging each other up in, in a, a positive way and it's a, a great a great time for scottish music at the moment yeah i know it's, 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 it seems to be hopefully on the up and stuff i mean there's still a lot of things that can improve which we'll, i'm sure we'll talk about later on but my next question which again is going to be an interesting one to ask you but do you have like a favorite word or phrase from Greenock or from the West Coast that you really like using <clears throat> or even just a Scottish word that you really like so I think from from the West Coast 
whenever I'm trying to think of words that are kind of from here, I end up starting thinking, are they from here? Or are they just kind of like, are they from Glasgow? And it just kind of came down to us. Or is it just Scottish words? But I think probably there's, I don't, it's not my favourite word, but I think it comes from Greenock, and I don't think anyone else says this, is the word galoshins. Have you heard that before? I've not actually heard that, no. What does it mean? Enlighten us. It, it's, uh, it means Halloween. Ah. Halloween and like trick-or-treating down here. Well, some people just still say trick or treating on Halloween, but yeah, down here in Greenock, people say galoshins, and I have no idea what it means. <laughs> it's just one of these things you grew up, in, and some people said that, or it was maybe on like posters they did, like a they do like a galoshins festival each year, and yeah, I, I I have no idea where that came from or what actually what it means. <laughs> I think actually, it it, maybe it could, get, it could be an alright name for a band potentially, actually. To be <laughs> probably should have nicked that one instead of Sabidas. <laughs> no. no, cool. Is there any other phrases just out of interest that you really like that are Scottish? Particularly, maybe not ones from Greenwich. I didn't even know to be honest. I think just the, just the <laughs> Scottish in general, just the banter, everything. It's just brilliant. Do you know what I mean? It's like I think it's funny when you're you're kind of maybe down in England or something like that. Like my, yeah. my dad's my dad's from down there, and you'll just come out with something, and they have no idea what you're talking about. But yeah, I think a lot of my favourites are more kind of like the swear words and, <laughs> and stuff like that, and they're the kind of slagging people off those kind of phrases. So nothing nothing specific, but kind of yeah, just in general. I would oh, say. Yeah. I feel yeah. It's, it's, it's all good. <laughs> That's class. Thank you very much for answering. I also wanted to ask. It seems like a good time because you're talking about the band, the name of the band and stuff. But before we sort of go on to talk about how the band's like, what, where did the name for the band come? Where did Savides come from? How did you guys come up with that? So myself and Chris and the band, our surname is Squires, and I think to me that just sounds like a normal name. It's, it's an English name, like what our obviously our dad's English. I don't think it's particularly hard to spell or to say, but it seems to be like call centers over the years have particular trouble saying our names. So we've, we've maybe had people calling us up or writing letters to Mr. Squares or Mr. Squirrels. And I think one was Mr. Squirts. And yeah, we got a letter to, a letter came out to our mum years ago saying, uh, Dear Mrs. Sovires. And it, Chris was just like, that. do you know what? I'm having that. Whenever we make a band, that's going to be the name. <laughs> Sounds a bit exotic, yeah. but yeah, it's just someone mispronouncing our surname. <laughs> no, that's a really, really interesting. Like, I like it when a band has a good like reason for their name. Because some people just say, oh, just generally, but we just made it up. It's a bit daft. Makes my job much more interesting if there's a cool story <laughs> behind But one of the things we thought was, let's Google it for a start to see if it is a thing. And when nothing came up, we thought, well, that's, uh, we're on to a winner here because if anyone types in Sobeiras, we're going to come up and nothing else. But yeah, some people have trouble saying it. I don't quite understand why, like what, what the issue is, but some people call it Sovres and Sovires, but uh, I think I was watching an interview with Blink-182 two years ago, and they were asked, is it Blink-182 or Blink-182? I think we have the same opinion. I don't care what people call us. See, as long as you're coming to our show, <laughs> listen to our music, but buying our CD, you can call us whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. I've, I've been interviewed before, and someone kept, kept just saying, get a real job podcast, and I'm like, I'm not going to be like, I'm just going to leave it. I can't be yeah. bothered. It's actually just at the start there. There, but you know, we'll, we'll let you off. It's fine. It's just, it means the same thing, really. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's fair. That's very fair. Well, to sort of talk about the band now, but I, I thought it would actually be interesting as well, Anthony. So we have you on. A, I know you were saying before you've been in other bands before Severus, but like, do you want to talk about a little bit briefly about your sort of history of what you were as a musician? So a bit about maybe what you used to do in other bands and stuff, and then how you sort of came to start the band you're in now, Severus, etc. Yeah. So me personally, I think I was a bit of a late bloomer with kind of with music. I wasn't really that interested and making a career of it when I was younger. I know obviously a lot of some musicians are saying, yeah, it's all I wanted to do since I was a kid. I'd be lying if I said that. I think I wanted to be a footballer when I was growing up, you know what I mean? I was just obsessed with football. But yeah, I always enjoyed singing. 
just as a bit of a hobby. But then when it got to 18, I had some friends who were getting out gigging around the kind of pub scene in Inverclyde. And say at parties and stuff, we'd get the guitar out, we'd start having a few beers and a, few, a wee sing song. A few of them had said that they thought my voice was okay, so why didn't I maybe try and, and get out there and sing with them? But I didn't. I don't play an instrument. I, I didn't back then, I don't know. But a couple of my friends, I would maybe go and join them on their gig in the pub. And come up for like a song or two and then I'd start hitting karaoke and stuff like that yeah I started to really enjoy it and I, I kind of felt like I was getting better at it didn't think it was the best but I was getting better at it each time I did it and yeah I just uh, I got a real buzz from it and I thought I really want to do this and there was like a I think it was like a wee cheesy local talent competition I must have been one of the oldest guys there I was 18 at the time but it was more kind of like I don't know 15, 16 years of the internet and I, and I just thought you know what I want to go for this just to test myself and I said to my brother Chris because he obviously knew all the musicians I said do you fancy playing drums for me and putting a band together and he put a band together and my mate Neil he joined us as well and yeah the gig went down well we didn't win the competition but we, we all kind of enjoyed playing with each other and then that became the previous band that I was in and we went for about a good six years yeah it, it was good fun we played some some, some kind of small festivals a wee bit of radio play it was good fun and then it, and then it came to an end just with it was myself and the, the, the other singer we had two singers yeah just some family commitments so it all ended on good terms like nobody fell out there wasn't a big uh, a big argument or anything and yeah we kind of came a crossroads and I was like what do, what do we do myself and Chris do we, do we go our separate ways musically or do we start something fresh we decided to start fresh and as I was saying earlier on we kind of spent 2019 just trying to find the right musicians and people that were on the same wavelength as not same wavelength but like had the same uh, targets as ourselves and where they sort of inspirations herself to try something new and yeah it just seems to click and we're really enjoying it so we're, we're here now as so yeah. is and, and enjoying things oh, that's cla- and that must be obviously as much as the other band didn't work out as you say it's lovely that you have happy memories of it and I'm sure like you learned so much from that experience to take in to the new band and like what worked what maybe didn't work what you want to do differently and almost have that fresh start as you said in 2019 to really revamp the sort of what you want to get out of it etc absolutely yeah I would totally agree with that there were things that worked in last band there were things that didn't work and maybe contributed to like tension within the band that probably does in a lot of bands but we just thought in this new band if there's any issues don't let things fester just kind of without being aggressive or argumentative just if there's an issue bring it up right there on the spot you know what I mean and, and kind of discuss discuss what it is and work through it and yeah we're not in the new in this band so it is we're not afraid to tell each other what we think and we're not kind of we don't just agree with each other like if someone says what do you think of this this guitar riff if we don't like it we won't be rude about it but we'll just say to each other I'm, I'm not really feeling it but uh, yeah honesty is the best policy for us and, and it seems to be working <laughs> No, that's class. I think it. I think always it always helps. But again, just to go on a quick tangent, Anthony. But I, I just think it's a great thing to ask, since and you know, obviously, as you said, like listening to another another band on this podcast and then finding something useful from it. Just for other, because I'm sure, hopefully, musicians will be listening to this episode. I hope so, anyway. But like, what were the things that you sort of learned from being in the last band that you've applied to this band, apart as as well as like the sort of honesty and and sort of not letting things fester that you've applied that have really worked, and or like what maybe didn't work out in the last band that you've sort of fixed for this band I think in the last band we were very quick as a group to just say yes to everything and it was just like yeah we didn't know how to say no so people saying can you do this charity gig can you do this gig can you come here can you come here and then we would just say yes and then ask questions whereas I think do you know what I mean if you're looking to do it as a job then, you, then I don't think it's rude to ask certain things maybe about like payment or are you going to contribute to travel us getting there because I think in the last band we were just kind of eating into our own money which obviously we're doing it for enjoyment but like in this band we want to take it as a career so we'd obviously like to be we don't want to be out of pocket so now we're kind of like yeah you want us to do a gig that sounds great but like 
kind of can we can we have like an honest conversation like how do things sit on your end this is what our expectations are and then if it if it works out great and if it doesn't work out then now we're happy to just go you know what that this isn't going to work for us so we'll maybe say no on this occasion yeah no i think that's great again it goes back to honesty doesn't it is that yeah. sort of just knowing to when to sort of say something when to but that, that's so fair enough as well when you're a younger band like i'm i feel like that as well like i'm I sort of say yes. I used to say yes to anyone that wanted to come on this podcast. And that's fine. But sometimes it maybe certain people maybe haven't done enough or haven't got enough to say because, which is, isn't a, their fault, but it's just, you know, you were sometimes having conversation maybe where you, I, I didn't really feel like they were, you were getting much out of it for you or like them either, almost. It wasn't like things like yeah. that. You know what I mean? Or giving your time to people when you maybe like, as you say, you don't want to be out of pocket or you have things on. It's like that sort of sometimes knowing when to say as a creative person, yes or no to things. I think it's so important. So it's a great like insight of for people to hear I think it needs to be mutually beneficial it can't just be one-sided and when we were a bit younger and in the previous band yeah we were we just we were inexperienced and on that side of things and we didn't really know how to bring the subject up and like musicians should be paid it's, it's as simple yeah, as that of course. and we, we did far too many free gigs for the exposure <laughs> Is what we were told. Don't get me wrong. I mean, there is the odd opportunity where maybe if there was a certain support slot that we wanted, that band may already have a support band in place that they've always signed the payment with. But like, if it's a band that we'd absolutely love to open the show for, we could approach them and say, "Listen, we'd love to open the show for you." And they're and they'd be thinking like, "Well, who are you? Like, why why should we put you on the bill?" But yeah, there might be the odd gig where we would maybe we maybe would do it for less of a fee. Do you know what I mean? To just kind of get our foot in the door but then if you obviously do a great show and then you're speaking to the person next time you've kind of proved your worth you know what I mean so I think it's fine now and again if it is going to really benefit you but yeah I, I, don't, I don't think you should be doing kind of loads and loads of free gigs you know what I mean just for just for the sake of it to be a bit more picky with your gigs and do the right gigs rather than everything. Percent, yeah. As you said, it's not it's not like black or white all the time. It's like you know, as you said, there might be the occasional one you can do for free. But I think there's it's far too common in this in the music industry and in, in general in the creative industries to for people to just expect it to work for free or like you know that whole as you say it's for exposure or it's for this. It's like you know it's a job and it needs to be valued more. So a hundred percent. Yeah, um, I definitely yeah. agree with that. Yeah, yeah. It just it depends on what the gig is. Obviously, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Well, let's talk about Zavides more because, and then thank you very much for talking about the bands before. I think it's really good to have your honesty and insights into that. But like, sort of, obviously, you said you came together in 2019, 2020, 2021, Obviously, a lot of COVID stuff going on, but you were still making music and releasing music and stuff, right? Yeah, hundred percent. So when the whole COVID thing happened, we kind of thought we could either sit and do absolutely nothing, or we could try and release some stuff. So we invested in home recording equipment. And then when we were able to get back in the studio and we were allowed to be together, we thought, yeah, we want to shove music out there and it to be top quality. But if we weren't gigging, we weren't making money, we then wouldn't have the budget to be able to pay for that. So we had our, our home recording equipment and we were recording demos. We put that out and, and just let people know this is demos. The quality isn't that good, but it gives you an idea of what we will sound like when you come to see us. And then obviously when we were able to start gigging again, you know, I mean, you obviously start getting money in from ticket sales and then we can reinvest that in the band on better quality recordings. So yeah, this year we released uh, our debut EP, Yeah Funkin' Dancer, which That's we're a, really a great title, by the way. Great. Yeah. Title. So uh, we're, we're pleased to just get that out there because I think we'd been kind of sitting on these demos for oil, and then when when that got released on kind of all the platforms, we're like, you know what? It's time to take those demos down. They're kind of, they're not all of the same quality. Yeah, but that was a wee taster for people. And before the EP, we did a a kind of live session in one of the local recording studios where we we played the songs that we wrote, just performed them live, and kind of had a bit of a video for people to see to see what we actually looked like who was in the band and, and what the sound was but since that EPs came out the, the, the sound from the EP and the video 
they're just completely different now. In fact, at the start, we were kind of more chilled out and now it's more kind of funk-based and upbeat. Yeah, yeah. But the Sat Alone song from that, particularly from the live one, is a, it's probably my, probably my favourite, one of my favourites that you guys have done. It's like a really good version of that. Like, it's a nice little song, Sat Alone, yeah. I like it as well. Yeah, we do, we do, yeah, we do yeah. like those songs. We're just trying to kind of change yes, it. Yes, of course, but that, that's great. <laughs> and it's good to have that progression as well. Yeah. yeah, but when we kind of look back at streams, I know the amount of streams aren't that important. It's more kind of, you know, if there's one person that's absolutely loving it, that's great. If you have like maybe a thousand streams on something and they all hate it, do you know what I mean? Well, what's better, one stream or a thousand? <laughs> so when we look back at streams, Sat Alone, that's still right up there. That's like one of the most streamed songs we've got. And yeah, we do, we do it from time to time in our set. But yeah, I think it just depends on what the show is and what the, the mood is. Yeah, yeah. Well, I suppose it's not as funky as, as you say, it's not as funk heavy as the as the EP, is it? Like as a song, like the oh, other definitely. one. But that's I quite like it when a band you can hear the different, you know, different sounds and stuff, and it shows the range that, that they have. Yeah, I think it's good to have variation. Do you know what I mean? So, but say we've got a headline show. I think if we did it upbeat and funky and and given not given a hundred, we give a hundred percent for every song. But you know, I mean, just going right at it from the first song to the last, I think we'd, we'd probably burn yeah, ourselves yeah. out halfway through the set. So I think it's nice to maybe in a section of it. Can I just slow it down for one or two songs and then yeah. catch, catch your breath and then bring it back up? 100%. But putting the EP together, what what was that like is it to get it to release? That must have been a, an amazing feeling to just to have that out in the world. As you say, obviously doing the demos first and the live stuff, but like put that like EP out. That, it's like a statement of intent almost. It's like a great sort of blueprint for it to, to where you're sort of hopefully be able to go as a band next, etc. Definitely. It was a good experience. We recorded it in Greenup with a, a guy called James McKenzie at a place called Sound Shape Studios. And yeah, so it's, it's a, a five track EP but in between it we've got some comedy skits as well just mm-hmm. going to go back to what we're saying about the town like and, and the kind of the sense of humour around here we, we knew that kind of a lot of our peers would, would find that funny it's not going to be to everyone's taste we understand that but that's why you can just skip it if you don't like it <laughs> yeah so yeah we recorded that sound shape I know a lot of bands will kind of record everything individually but what we wanted to do was try and record as much of it live which is obviously difficult to do but we recorded the drums and the bass together in the same room at the same time so we had to kind of put some stuff up so it didn't bleed into each other's microphones so it was difficult but yeah it, it, it worked fine and we had that experience and, and really enjoyed it so we're glad it's out there now and people are getting to listen to it but we're in the studio just now and we're just waiting. yeah we've got we've just recorded two singles we'll space them out we're not just we're not going to shove them out just as a, a group we'll, we'll choose a date to release one and then maybe the second we might release at the end of the year or next year but again yeah. that's it's 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 still the funk, but it's kind of changing again with ourselves yeah no that's really class and i look forward to hearing the, the singles obviously Hello, it's Jamie here. You may have heard this advert several times before, but if not, this is basically just me taking a minute to remind you guys that if you're enjoying the podcast, there are a number of things you can do to help us keep growing. Now, as many of you might be aware, the podcasting landscape is incredibly saturated. And I mean, there's lots of podcasts. We all love podcasts. But it's very difficult for independent podcasts like us to sometimes break through and to be noticed. So doing things like sharing us on social media, word of mouth, and just telling friends and family to listen, or even leaving us a little five-star review on places like Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts go so far in helping 
us to keep growing. Me and Elliot adore this podcast. We love making this podcast. So if you're able to help in any way by doing something like that, we'd be incredibly grateful, not just for our podcast, but if you love any independent podcast, please try and give them a wee share or give them a review because it, it goes so far. Another thing you can do if you enjoy the podcast as well, and we appreciate that this is a very difficult time, but if you're enjoying this podcast and you want to help us, you can donate as little or as much as you like to our Patreon page, and you can do that by going to patreon.com slash job, or you can click the link in the show notes. Anything you can afford, we are very grateful for. Thank you for your continued support, and I hope you enjoy the rest of today's episode. I'll come back on to a few of the songs on the CP because it's interesting to talk about. But just on terms of your new singles and stuff, talking about obviously how you're going to release them, is there like a marketing strategy that you guys have in mind? Because this is something I spoke to Zach, which you might know from my interview with him. But like, what Dictator have done so well, and I think it's really helped their success because they, they'd re- they their new CP's done amazingly well. And like, it's it's class yeah. to see. But like, how much? Because I mean, bands listening might think be thinking about it as well. But how much do you guys think about marketing and and using social media and like spacing out your releases and things like music videos that you did for playtime and stuff? How how much do you guys have these conversations about in terms of like using that stuff and being aware of it and like how you sort of use it as a band, etc. Totally aware of it, and it's something that we 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 do discuss at the start of the year. For example, Yeah Funk and Dance of the EP. We were thinking, yeah, we want to keep music out there. We want to have music and releases throughout the year to to have content out there for people to not, not I don't know it's the right word to stay relevant but just to kind of stay in people's eyes and people's ears instead of just releasing everything at the start so what, what we did was yeah we have the EP that we released as physical copies but we decided to release singles from that EP and we kind of split it into like quarters of the year so without like, first quarter we're going to do the launch show and we're going to release the, the EP. Then we're going to release a single from that, which was Stadium Heights. That was in the yeah. uh, that was so that was still in the first quarter. That, that did pretty good for us. We thought it was on like kind of lots of radio stations and community radio stations, and uh, it got some airplay on BBC on a few of the shows. On the afternoon show, it was single of the week. One of the times it was on BBC Introducing, so we were absolutely buzzing for that, especially for a band that's just kind of started out. So it was a, it was a good start. And then the second quarter, we thought right, we're going to release another single from the EP, but we we want to record our first music video so that song was called playtime and we released a, a music video with that i'm just be i'll just be completely honest it, it didn't get the resp- as much of a response as the previous single but it was still nice like we, we still got really good feedback from that and the video was a bit of a kind of just a bit of a laugh you know what i mean it was it, it wasn't to be taken seriously so that was good fun to make we've done that now and mm-hmm. yeah we were thinking like in quarter three we're gonna release another another single from it but then we as we got to quarter three we're like you know what the ep's been out there we're kind of just you're essentially putting back out material that's already out there so we thought you know what we've we've had some gigs we've kind of built up our band fund we've got the funds there to now record again so it's kind of changed as the year's gone on and we've recorded these two singles so we're kind of in discussions now when they're ready we'll discuss when to release them but we've got a show at the Blue Arrow Jazz Club in Glasgow on Saturday the 19th of November so I think we'll probably release one of the singles that night and make it a single launch and just kind of tie the stuff in together Amazing Would you actually I was going to ask you about this but I mean, we can maybe just do it now do you want to quickly talk about your upcoming like sort of live show and single launch and like and we'll link it in the show notes and hopefully people listening might be interested and coming along to see you. Yeah, definitely. So, as I was saying, the Blue Arrow Jazz Club on Sucky Hall Street in Glasgow, Saturday the 19th of November. It's our own show, but we have two brilliant support acts on the night. We have a band from Greenock called Black Dove. They, they've been doing really well in their own right. I think one of their last gigs was at Tuts supporting Luke Lavope. It was a sold-out yeah. show. It, it was brilliant. But then, I think after... 
COVID, they didn't really do anything gig-wise. They were still there. They were still practicing. They were still putting some online content out, but they weren't really, you know what I mean, gigging themselves. And we want to build a show that we enjoy as well. So when we're not on stage, we want to enjoy the support acts that are, are there. So we thought we're friends with these guys. They're a great band and let's get them on the bill so pe- people can enjoy them, but also it kind of gets them back out gigging again. And we also have uh, another act called Mayor Stubbs, who's from Glasgow, and they're absolutely fantastic as well. They're a bit more kind of, maybe kind of folky. So yeah, it isn't the same genre as ourselves, but we kind of think that it still works for the lineup. I don't think having three bands that sound exactly the same is always necessarily a good thing. I think it's obviously if you have a pop band and a death metal band on the same bill, it's not going to work. But yeah, as long as they're, you're all going to enjoy it and it's, it's going to be good fun. And, and I I think the crowd's gonna enjoy it. So um, that's great. And you come and clean an quick fires to ask you Anthony but before that I just sort of quickly one more thing it was a, it's about live shows and stuff some bands prefer studio some bands prefer playing live what do the band prefer do Savira's prefer like live do you prefer the studio or do you kind of like a mix of both I mean it must be class getting to do it in front of an audience and getting a, a feel for it I think for me personally it's live all the way I just love the interaction with the crowd that buzz that you get from playing live obviously the studio is necessary to get your content out there but for me personally I think it's <laughs> when I, I go into the studio on day one and we're recording bass and drums. For me, it's just, they're going to hate me snares, but for me, it's mind-numbing. <laughs> it's just listening to, like, just, just drums with, with nothing else. And you're just like, oh, no, let's do that one from the top. And let's do another take. Do you know yeah, what I mean? I'm yeah. just, I'm, I'm sitting there going, oh, let's, come on, guys, let's just, let's get through this. And by the time it gets to my vocals, I'm knackered. So what we did with these singles that are coming up is I actually came in separately and recorded the, not, not like a diva. It's just, <laughs> I was working with myself and Stephen, who plays guitar. We came in separately to do the vocals. But as I've seen, it's, it's, a, it's a necessity, but live all the way. It's just, for me, that's why we do music for the live shows. That's the main mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, 100%. No, that's class. And just for another question that I've just thought off the top of my head as well is, is about, as you say, like I know a lot of you work on, on the side. This podcast is all about like the, you know, the, the realness of being in the creative industries. A lot of us do have, you know, jobs outside of our creative projects, et cetera. Like how do you guys manage that as a band? Because that's not always easy. Like I imagine on top of the day job, sometimes it could be a bit frustrating or you maybe feel like you lose momentum or sometimes it's a, it's a blessing as well. How do you guys manage that? Difficult, obviously, depending on what you're doing. I'm, I'm quite fortunate that my day job is Monday to Friday, 9 to 5 so I have the evenings free to practice with the band and I have weekends free to gig but I, a few of the other boys are on shift work so it's like when you, can we do this gig? Let me speak to my manager I think there was like a gig in December we were quite interested in approaching a band about a sports slot but it was like uh, one of the guys works in a supermarket so it's like you're not allowed time off in December <laughs> so yeah. we're just like ah come on but yeah our, our bassist Callum, he is a full time musician so he plays 
weddings and he plays with other bands and he plays with us so he's just starting that out and and trying to get used to that himself and and work out what's best what kind of works for him and 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 yeah so he's he's doing well at that and as i've never done it myself as a full-time musician i mean that is the goal obviously but he's kind of testing it just now and seeing how he gets on so we're all kind of hearing from his experiences and positives and the negatives of that yeah no that's really interesting it's good to have that mix as well and and as you say it's a great thing to strive towards and yeah i think a lot of fans are the same and a lot of people we have in this podcast are the same and i think it's always great to just to be honest about that as you say like honesty like people listening will i'm sure like appreciate it and maybe probably feel better about themselves as well they'll be like well i'm listening to this music and you know they're working on the same time as well and they're able to do that so i can as well so it's always great to hear it's it's a bit depressing when you go and do a a show that you think you've absolutely smashed or the crowd's been like amazing you know i mean it's just been a great night and and you're on stage and you just feel like on top of the world and then the next day you're answering an email to someone that's moaning because the the website won't reset their password it kind of brings you right back down you're like and the one good thing is it keeps you grounded though right which is always a good thing i suppose yeah we'll look at it that way but i would much i would much rather not have to do that no yeah, offense no, my current employer but yeah. no, we don't have to name them it's all good so i've got a few quick fires just to ask you like yeah. obviously you don't have to be too like rapid yeah so the first of these is like if you'd had the worst and slash best band names you'd had in the past like so is there a terrible band name of a band you've been in or an idea for a band name you nearly called your band that's just terrible that you remember <laughs> the last band that I was in it was myself and Neil the other singer we were in college at the time when we were forming it and we had uh, a friend in college Dennis Sinsheimer and he, he just didn't he didn't like our music but he was a top guy so we thought it'd be funny to just call ourselves the Sinsheimers <laughs> just to take his name and that'll be the band's name and then it started off as a bit of a just a bit of fun and then we started getting better gigs and we were recording and we just kept the name and yeah it was a it was a, a terrible name nobody could could say it it was we called the shoe shiners the shin diggers the i think somebody introduced us as the schmersh and it's just like what like how are you getting that from our name but yeah i think now that that band is finished i'm glad that we don't have as big an issue with the name i think we probably could have could have maybe thought a wee bit more about this band's name we love the band name but we, we not to that extent but we do still have a bit of the same problem with people mispronouncing it but it is what it is we, we've got the name now we're sticking with it I mean, it's good <laughs> to have the, the theme of a surname continue on you yeah, know what i mean definitely <laughs> Severe is, yeah. no Severe is definitely a better name than that it's, it's, it's got a nicer nicer sound to it rolls better rolls better off, rolls the off the tongue especially for the scottish especially for us scots absolutely like, like, got the r in there which is always nice yeah and then the next one is like biggest influences on you as a musician and the band obviously talking about the funk stuff i'm imagining there's some some influence from that in there as well i think depending on which band member you were asking for me personally i was actually talking to my brother chris the other day about this and I, I, whenever someone says about like what's your influences like i don't like the music that i listen to i don't think that necessarily reflects in my vocals or in the music that we play i think maybe what my influences are they're maybe subconscious and i'm not actually realizing what it is that's influencing me until someone says oh i'm getting a bit of this band or a bit of this band from the, the music released but as far as music that i i'm currently listening to I like people like Alan Stone, JP Cooper. I, I really love Sigrid. Going to see her in Edinburgh in November. It's good. Uh, it's good. Not, like not just her, but like her whole band. Yeah. I know. I know Sigrid is the act. But I think me being a musician, I'm not just watching her. I'm watching, oh, yeah. I'm watching the guitarist, I'm watching the, the drummer, you know what I mean? The bassist, the keys, you know what I mean? I, I'm just looking at it as like a collective, but and individually as well. I love lots of Motown music. I really love John Mayer, people like that. When we first formed the band, that was John Mayer was kind of the, the collective interest. We were all kind of saying, 
getting to know each other. What you're into, what, what kind of what are your influences, and then we all we all mention John Muir. So we're like, well, there we go. We have a starting point. <laughs> Something we have in common. But yeah, it's it's quite varied. My taste in music and influences, and uh, yeah, I think if it is good, it's good. <laughs> ah, cool. No, it's, this is a good selection as well. I mean, most musicians' music is very varied, which is always I've, I've noticed. Like, I feel like everyone. You, I think you have to be quite varied if you're a musician because so much different things to experiment and and think about, etc. Well, Callum, the bass player, he, I think he recently went and saw Corey Wong, and, and he's been trying to put me onto Wolfpack. Uh, for for ages and I, I kind of I'd heard of them but I never really gave them a listen and then uh, I went on a, a walk at lunchtime today on my lunch break and I just put them on my Spotify put my headphones in and I, I texted them straight away and I said I'm so sorry I've been living under a rock this band are amazing <laughs> so I, th- I think they're the band that I'm going to try and discover and, and dive into over the next couple of weeks class class um, I've got two more quick fire ones one is if you could have written any song from history personally I know this is such a hard one but you basically a song that you could have been the one to write what would it be I think I think straight away most people still like Bohemian Rhapsody, but I'm not, I'm not going to go with that. I think, I know this is probably controversial because it, it, it's associated with football, but it's just gen. I associate it personally just with my family and, and like it's been played at funerals and stuff like that. But I really love You'll Never Walk Alone. I was going to say by Jerry and the Pacemakers, but a friend corrected me and told me yeah. that it wasn't them. It was I think they said it was from Carousel or something. It was from like a, a musical. So who, yeah. whoever wrote that song? You uh, know, uh, that's actually a really interesting answer, Anthony. And I'm going to admit this on the podcast. I'm, I'm probably going to get a bit of slack from this. But so basically, right, I grew up as a Manchester United fan because my granddad lived there for a bit when he was younger. And he, that was his team. He loved, you know, loved Manchester United. He, you know, I, I support them for him, right? And obviously their rivals Liverpool. But I love that song. And I think it's a fantastic song, and I, I'll openly listen to that. But obviously, it's Liverpool and Celtic's two songs, and it's got that football association. But as a song, it's a beautiful, it's beautiful. piece of music. So I've just admitted this on the podcast. I'm, I don't even care because it's a great song. So there you go. I might get a bit of flat, but I don't even care. It's, it's a beautiful song. Yeah, I'm saying I don't associate it with football, but I, I am a Liverpool fan. So there you go. <laughs> like, I, obviously, they won't hear You don't have to end the interview now because I've said what yeah. I've just said. There's a, there's a big Liverpool collage behind me as we're talking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My dad's from down there, so I've got up supporting them it wasn't one of these people that they just choose an English team you know I, I mean? like how we both got our, we both got our reason there just to make sure we don't get any slack for that as well there you go I think a lot of people do that don't they they just think <laughs> yeah, you're just choosing it because you're uh, that, I don't know it's, it's, it's good to have an English I can't team, be you know? called a glory hunter anyway because United are not a very good team at the moment so I've got that <laughs> defence as well so it's fine that, so. that, that, that song is just, just it's great and even with, say, say for example if I'm going to the football and I'm watching it and, and you're singing you're singing that song in the crowd because I associate it with like family members that may, that aren't here anymore mm. I, I find even everything I listen to I just feel like I feel a wee bit emotional you know what I mean like, just... Goosebumps as a song it's one of those songs isn't it like it's just got that I think, it's just, I think it's just beautiful and I think I think it's kind of sad that sometimes you you people do associate it just with football and it's like no if you just take it out for a piece of music it's, it's amazing oh, it's much, like, much like Tina Turner simply the best as well do you know what I mean I yeah. think uh, I've got friends that like oh, turn that off like because they're Celtic fans and you're just like Mate, it's a it's a tune. <laughs> it's a great it's a great song. Like let's yeah, just yeah. let's just enjoy the music and just put the sport to one side. You 100%, know, hundred percent. Yeah, same with Penny Arcade. It's like obviously yeah. got the association, but it's a very good song. And I'm like, oh, it's got those associations, but it's a good song. So Definitely, it's tough. No, thank you, friends. That the last the last the quick fires is if you could cover any song, what what song would you cover? I kind of a similarish one, but I'm, I mean, I don't know if you've done covers as a band as well. But is there like a song you would as a band quite like to cover? Well, we're currently discussing a cover <laughs> to add. There you go. To, I'm helping with you. To, to add <laughs> into the, the show in November we didn't come up with anything last night we, we kind of all gave some input on what we would like to cover and nod it down 
I think for me personally, uh, I've been listening to Silk Sonic, Bruno Mars and uh, Anderson Pack, and that kind of soulful Motown album they put out is just amazing. And I, I, there's a few tunes off of that that are just amazing. I can't remember what it's called. I think it's called like Fly or FLY. I would love to cover that, but Anderson Pack raps a lot on it. And I'm just like, I think if I started rapping, I think I'd just look a bit silly. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair, fair. So maybe, maybe something like that. Or maybe, maybe cheesy 90s or 2000s pop song. And just try and put like a modern funk twist on it and just see if we could do something like that. Maybe something by the Spice Girls or something. No, that's a good answer. One of my favourite covers is the one of the Arctic Monkeys cover of Girls Aloud Love Machine. It's just so daft. Like, yeah, yeah. It's just daft and I think it's clap. I think mean, it's a good laugh. No, thank you for answering. I've got two questions left. I know we've been speaking for like over an hour, so I won't I need too much longer. Just obviously the, the name of the podcast, Just Get A Real Job. We'd all had jobs we hated or jobs that were a pain in the arse, etc. Is there a job you'd ever had to work that was just bad and or that you like just was a good laugh that it's got funny stories, etc.? So I think I've been quite fortunate in the sense that I've never had a job where I've I've absolutely hated it. You know what I mean? Like like completely. It's just been like periods. Where I've hated it, and I think there's been quite a few jobs that I've had funny moments in. I the mo probably the most frustrating job I had was a football steward. Our local team, Greenock Morton, that wasn't too bad there because yeah, you were steward, but you're essentially getting paid to watch Morton, <laughs> which I like them, so it wasn't too bad. But I think for some people watching, there's only so many nil nils you can watch. But as a stewarding company, we used to go to maybe like uh, Hearts and do some of their games if they needed extra stewards or, or other places. And one of the time it was, it must have been late 2000s and it was uh, the old firm in the CIS Cup final. I think it finished something like 2-0 to Celtic, but I was on the pitch facing the crowd and I wasn't allowed to turn around and I'm just thinking there's a, there's like a cup final going on behind me and I can hear all the fans of both sides like shouting at tackles and goals and stuff and I'm sitting here just thinking I'm getting paid next to nothing to sit and watch people enjoy themselves well I can't turn around and watch the game so that was quite frustrating I used to work in a garage as well which the job itself was fine but the manager she was just a horrible horrible person uh, you could kind of tell from day one and she came in and she said like kind of so is it, is it Anthony and I said yeah she said do you mind if I call you Tony and I said, I said to her in a polite way, yeah, I do actually, yeah, I don't like Tony for myself. And see, from that day, she just persisted to call me Tony. Oh. It was just, I just thought, oh, you are horrible. And yeah, there'd be times where you'd, you'd square the whole shop up, you'd do stock rotation and stuff like that, the stuff you had to do. And then say it was like a, a really quiet period. You'd just be standing there because there was literally nothing else to do. And there was one time I could actually see her peeking through the loaves of bread at me. Shoot, I could see this bread move out of the way in her face. And I think I was close to chucking the job and I just said to her, I can see you peeking through the bread at me. <laughs> she just popped up and she was like, hey, what are you talking about, Tony? And I'm like, it, and it's Anthony. <laughs> so yeah, probably the two of them. <laughs> oh man. Well, no, thank you for sharing. I mean, we'd all, we'd all had things like that, which is the, there's days at work or whatever, or bosses or someone, et cetera, that's in the past wrong, Jared, been annoying. So thank you yeah. for sharing. So last question I've got for you. And just first of all, thank you very much for your time. It's been a, a real pleasure chatting. I've really enjoyed it. And you've given some great insights for it, but we sort of get our guests to sort of close on what their advice would be to anyone else that maybe for in your instance wants to be in a band or be, get into the music industry what would you sort of say to them what would your advice be I think yeah like what we touched on earlier on I think an important thing to go back to is learn to say no yeah another I think that's really important just don't don't feel you have to do things to kind of get certain gigs and or, or, or whatever you know what I mean just say no and no one will do the gigs that are ready for you but I just say yeah talk through your problems as a band because you're always going to come to a point where you disagree on something and try and try and obviously surround yourself with positive people and just kind of give a hundred percent all the time because there are times where you maybe don't feel yourself when you go on stage but at least fake it because if you're not enjoying yourself on stage the crowd aren't going to enjoy it so but we have one of your previous guests matt from brown bear 
years and years ago, I asked him for some advice. And what he told me is something that I always do from now on. Mm-hmm. He said to me, like, the first person you should want to go and introduce yourself to when you get to a venue is the, the sound engineer. <laughs> He's like that. Most people got to like the the manager or or kind of the booker. You know what I mean? Which is important as well, obviously. But he's the guy. Go up to the sound man and and, and ask them if you can get them a drink and just kind of get them on the good side. And that's always what I do. And that's I think great he, advice. I think he, what a I guy. Think, <laughs> I think he actually said to me, most of them will say no because they're working, and you can maybe get them a coffee or an iron brew or something like that. But yeah, it's just good to go up and introduce them, yourself to them because I think a lot of people bypass them and until the sound check. Which yeah, they're they're the ones that can make you sound good or bad. <laughs> so. oh, no, that's class. My editor Elliot, who does sound engineer and stuff, he's got love that. And- I do love that answer. You gave it, no, it's, it's <laughs> Sorry, true, okay. no, it's, I think it's so true though, isn't it? I think an important thing is also to do that is to to network and ask advice. So if say you're on the bill with another band, learn from them because if they're more experienced than you, then you can always learn. Even ones that are less experienced than you, they might they might be able to provide yeah. uh, a bit of a kind of knowledge that maybe or something that you hadn't thought of before. So just network, get a chat to each other, other bands, and yeah. And support each other because I think a mistake I made when I when I first started the music was I thought it was a competition and it isn't. You know what I mean? Go back to the whole Twitter thing. That's the way it should be. We should be bigging each other up. We should be retweeting each other's stuff, helping each other out, giving each other a like because you know yourself when it comes to like the social media side of things. You know, how important it is to kind of get people to share your stuff. Well, if you want people to do that for you, then you should be willing to do it for them as well. Hundred percent. No, it's, it's so true, Anthony. Like the competitive stuff. Like I think a lot of people in the in the arts in general, because obviously I was saying I work in TV, not music, but there's that attitude like it's what you know it's every man for himself it's you know it's competitive like i'm not going to help them because i want to get the jobs or i want to get the success but that's not how it works there's enough room for everyone to be successful and i, I think you get much further in life if you're nicer to people around you and you help people and you want to like see them do well and you you'll do well yourself as a result of that i genuinely believe that it doesn't need to be competitive at all so it's great to no, say that as well definitely um yeah like go, like go to your go to your mates gig and stuff like that when you're first starting out because we all want people like again with the shade and stuff we want people to come to our gigs well there you go you go to their gig they you want <laughs> they can go to your kick and that's you got another ticket so 100%, uh, yeah. yeah just support each other and just uh yeah enjoy it take it seriously but don't take it too seriously where the, when it becomes not fun because at the end of the day yeah you want to do it as a job but it, you, you do it for enjoyment as well so it needs to be fun for you and if you're enjoying yourself then uh, people watching you and listening to you are going to enjoy it as well 100 percent Anthony, thank you very much for your time, Ted. Really appreciate it. Obviously, Tavires are going to be playing at the Blue Arrow in Glasgow Saturday, 19th of November. There's links to that in the show notes, as well as your music, etc. And um, yeah, no, I wish you the best of luck with everything else going forward. Thank you very much. Same to yourself. And thank you very much for having me as a guest. I really do appreciate it. So, Well, there you go. That was episode 94 of Just Get A Real Job. Massive shout out again to Anthony from Severas for chatting to us. Really, really enjoyed chatting to Anthony. He was a great guy. Him and the rest of the band are making some really good music. So we'll link to them in the show notes. But be sure to check out their latest EP. Be sure to listen to the music. And be sure to get tickets to their show in Glasgow if you're around at the Blue Arrow on the 19th of November as well. That's all we have time for this week. But as always, if you're enjoying the podcast, be sure to delve into our back catalogue. This episode 94, plenty of great episodes. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. We also have a Patreon page as well. 
and all the money we make goes back into the upkeep of this podcast. But I'm aware there's a cost of living crisis. I'm aware we have a terrible and horrible Tory government which are making life really difficult for most people in this country. So if you can't afford to donate this week, don't worry at all. But if you can, then that's obviously great and we very much appreciate it. Anyway, have a lovely week, folks, and we'll be back again next Tuesday with another episode of Just Get A Real Job. Just get a real job.